0: If you have your Bible you can go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 16 verse number 19 and we're going to be continuing our series today Breaking Bad and we're going to talk about today the importance of choices that we make and this is something that is just really interesting to me and I, I fall into this and my guess is that some of you do as well but uh, I'll just ask you a very simple question or and you can respond if you want to but did you know that the choices that you make in life always carry with them consequences. Did y'all know that? Y'all know that? Okay I think we say we, say we know that and yet it's really interesting there's times whenever we make choices and we don't expect to face any consequences and so there's a lot of times when we will make choices in our living and then we, we end up in places because of those choices and we ask questions that just blow my mind where we say, how did I get here? You know, why, why is this happening to me? And of course I'm looking from the outside saying, well you moron, and you're in that position because of the choices that you made. Now I'm real good at pointing out y'all's inconsistencies. Uh, for me, I'm not so good at seeing them myself. That's why I got married. And so my wife can really help me see some of the bad choices that I've, that I've made. But today what I want you to see is that whenever you make choices, that you have the opportunity not to make bad choices, but to make good choices. And so my hope is that we are going to begin to, to sort of analyze and look at the kind of choices that we are making so that we can make good choices that really will change the trajectory of where our lives end up. And that's what we're going to see in our scripture today. Today we're going to see uh, the story of two men. And we're going to see their lives compared with one another. And one man, as you look at his life, what you're going to see is he took advantage of the opportunities that God gave him. And because he made good choices, he ended up in a good place. Now there was another man, and he made choices that sort of just benefited himself. He lived for himself, and because of that he didn't end up in the place where he wanted to end up and so as we look at these two lives my hope is today that we're going to see the significance of the choices that we make in life and so we're going to look in Luke 16 verse number 19 in just a few moments and this is a story that Jesus tells and just again a little bit of background information at this point in Jesus ministry I know a lot of times I will say that Jesus was a very popular teacher, and uh, he was very popular at the beginning because when people heard him speak, they said, this guy is, he is different. I mean, you know, obviously when you heal people, that gets people's attention, but his teaching was so incredible that people said, he is different than everybody else because he speaks as one who has authority. So everybody liked him at the beginning, but as time goes on, not everybody is a fan of Jesus. And especially the religious leaders of the day. And so Jesus was very, you know, very demanding whenever he talked to the religious leaders of the day because they led people. And he said, you're leading them astray in what you're teaching them. And I just want to share with you some of the things Jesus said. Uh, One of the things Jesus told the religious leaders of the day, he said, you guys remind me in what you're teaching of rotting corpses. That's great, isn't it? And then he told them later on, he said, you are like a pit of snakes. Now, those statements right there are not exactly what you'd say, how to win friends and, you know, influence others. I mean, that's just not, that, those aren't great statements. And then Jesus comes to this story, and he's very, very upfront with them again. He said, you're getting ready to make a bad choice about me, about who I am. Now, what was the bad choice they were making about Jesus? the bad choice they were making about Jesus is that they refused to believe that he was the son of God they refused to believe that he was the Messiah and Jesus knew there was going to come a day whenever these guys were were going to look at themselves and say how did we end up here? you know, why, why, why are we separated from God? and the reason why was because they were making bad choices And so that is sort of my question for you today. What kind of decisions are you making in this life? And more specifically, what kind of decisions are you making in this life about Jesus? Because it's only in this life that you're going to have an opportunity to make a decision about what you believe about Christ and how that's going to affect your life. And so very briefly today, I just want us to look at our scripture, and I want us to see how the choices we make about Jesus affect our lives. How the choices we make about Jesus have serious ramifications for us. So, so what, kind of, what kind of ramifications come with the decisions that we make about Jesus? Well, the very first way our choices about Jesus affect us is, first of all, our, our destination will be affected concerning the kind of choices we make about Christ. Our destination. Now look in verse number 19. And this is a story Jesus told. He said, There was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day, but a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was left at his gate, and he longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. And one day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in the flame. Two men here. Two different choices and two different results. Now I want you to look at the first man that's talked about. We talked about the, he talks about the rich man. The rich man is a guy who has a lot of things going his way in this life. Now if you look back in, let's see, back in verse number 19, look at some of the stuff he had. I and mean, this is a guy that had everything the world could offer him. Says he says he was able to dress lavishly. You know, he's a guy that had nice clothes. I'm sure he had the nicest homes. I'm sure he had great manners. You know, Emily Post manners. Uh, No outrageous sins are mentioned about this guy in this text. So here's one guy. Everything seems to be going his way. The other guy's name's Lazarus. What does Lazarus have going his way in this life as you look at this text? Y'all see anything good there? I mean, he's a guy who's covered, it says, with sores. He's a guy, he's not wealthy. Uh, What what is he looking for? Says he's just simply hoping that he's able to eat the crumbs off the rich man's table. That is not lavish living, is it? some other versions, I think this is kind of interesting, some other versions said he was looking to get the breadcrumbs off of the rich man's table. Now y'all, this has nothing to do with anything anything I'm saying today, but I just think it's kind of interesting. Back in this day, wealthy people, whenever they would eat bread, sometimes they would use that bread as a napkin. And so if they had something on their face, they would take the bread and they'd wipe their face off with the bread and they'd throw it in the floor. This is the kind of food Lazarus is looking for. And so I'm just trying to point out to you that, that one man had everything. The other guy didn't have anything. Who would you rather be? I, I, I can tell you who I'd rather be. I want to be the rich man. You know, I want to be the guy that has everything. I, I want to be successful. I want to be the guy, I guarantee you this guy, if, he, if they had this back then in high school, he would have been voted most likely to succeed. And, and he, because he had so much, I mean, it seems like that he would be able to control where he ended up in life. The other guy, I mean, Lazarus is not going to be able to control what, where he ends up in life. I mean, he is totally dependent upon what everybody else is going to offer him. And yet, when it came time, whenever the end of their life came, where did they end up? The rich man, not in a very good place. He ended up in hell. The the poor man, he ends up in heaven. Now, why did the rich man end up in hell? Now, many of us can say, well, it's because he was a rich guy. But that's not why he was there. Money had nothing to do with it. Now what I want you to do is I want you to look in your text I want you to tell me this. It says Lazarus was in paradise. He was, he was in heaven. Who was with him in heaven? Who was he eating with? Abraham. Did y'all know Abraham was a very wealthy man? A very wealthy man. So we can't say that it was because the rich man was rich that he was getting what he deserved. Abraham was a wealthy man. So why did he end up where he was? He ended up where he was because of the choices that he made in this life. And the choices that he made about God, about Jesus. Well, what kind of choice did he make? He made the choices that this life was about Him. He made the choices that that everything in this life was to center around his life and because he made that choice there was a consequence to pay for it what was the consequence it was to be separated from God as we have to understand this when we make choices in this life consequences come with them and whenever whenever you die you don't get another chance you don't get to change things when I was a kid every summer I'd go to Texas to visit my grandparents for a couple of weeks I lived in Oklahoma. When I was 10 or 11 years old, I got the great treat of being able to fly for the first time on a commercial airline. Uh, this was back in the, this before 9-11. Uh, my grandparents took me to DFW. We go to the airport. They walk me on the plane. Y'all remember those days? Yeah, great days, little kid. I was 10 or 11, flying. I was flying on Braniff Airlines. I was so excited, I could not wait to get my peanuts. And so I'm sitting there. My grandparents leave. They wave at me. They walk off the plane. And a few minutes later, the, this is back in the days when they called them stewardesses, uh, she got on the intercom, and she said, in about 10 minutes, we're going to be departing for Hartford, Connecticut. Okay, now, I'm not a great geography guy, but I know that from Dallas, Fort Worth, to Oklahoma City, that Connecticut is not a shortcut. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm 10 or 11 years old, and I'm like, what? And I'm looking at the lady next to me, and I was like, oh, where's this going? She goes, we're going to Connecticut. And I'm thinking, I'm going to Oklahoma. I don't know how this is going to happen. And so I, I said, now was I trapped on the plane? When I actually, I was during this day, I wasn't. And so I got up and I ran off that plane and I ran off the plane. There's somebody standing at the gate. I said, where is the plane to Oklahoma City? It was the next gate over. And so I ran and I got on that plane. Now, now why did I leave the plane? I was on because I didn't want to go where they were going. I wanted to go home. And so that's why I changed planes. Now, what if I just would have sat there and the plane would have taken off? Where was I going to go? I was going to Hartford, Connecticut. You know, that's just going to be too bad. That's where I was going to end up. Now, here's the deal. What I want us to see from our text is whenever we make a choice in how we're going to live, it is binding when we die. The rich man had an opportunity to change his destination while he was alive. But when he died, his destination was set in stone. So if you desire to spend eternity with God, you better make sure you have a ticket to get there. Now what's the ticket? Well, Jesus gave us that answer in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so that is the question for you and for me. Has there been a time when you've invested your life in Jesus? Because if your desire is to be with them forever in heaven, guys, you have to get the ticket now while you have a chance. Rich man didn't. And because of that bad choice, he ended up in a place he didn't want to be. So how do our decisions, our choices, affect our lives? I guarantee you, it will affect your destination. But the choices you make about Jesus will also affect your reward. Now look with me in verse number 20, let's see, 25, verse 25 and 26. So this is the the poor man, he's Lazarus, he's in heaven at this point. Son, Abraham said, remember, excuse me, he's speaking to the rich man, he said, son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot, neither can those from there cross over to us. Once a person, again, makes a decision, there are consequences that come with that decision. And I really think that's a hard thing for so many of us to grasp. I mean, and just being honest with you, it, it is for me. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think that there's times in my life when I think I can make any choice a decision I want to, and God's still going to bless me. I can live any way that I want to, and somehow in my mind, I, I think God owes it to me. And I don't know if you've ever been, if y'all, don't, if y'all have the same type of thinking that I do, but for some reason, I just think everything in life is supposed to work for me. And when it doesn't, I get ticked off. I think, man, everything... everything now, why do I think that way? Well, to be honest with you, there's a lot of times in my life when I'm very self-centered. And I think the world revolves around me. Guys, when we make choices... When we make decisions, there are consequences. Uh, just a real simple one. One of my favorite things, I love to eat onions. And I, you know, it's funny, I come home and Emily was like, Well, you, you had onions for lunch today, didn't you? And it's, I, I like you, know, my favorite onions are the ones with the green stalks. I don't know what you call those things, but I can, I, just, I can wipe those things out. What are they called? Green onions? Okay, well, there you go. See, I'm a genius. Uh, yeah, they're called green onions. Y'all might not have known that. And so they have the green socks on, so I, man, and they, but they're powerful. And I can eat one after another. Now, if I eat them, I can just eat one, but if I eat a lot of them, there's a consequence that comes with that decision. You know what it is? It's bad breath. Now, I can brush my teeth a ton, but amazingly, that onion overpowers the toothpaste every time. Now, there is a lesson that comes in decision-making. Pay attention to the long term effects with the decisions that you make. When you make a decision, don't base your decision off the short term. Pay attention. How is this decision going to affect me in the long term? That's what Lazarus did. Lazarus in this life, short term, it, just not many good things are happening for Lazarus. But he made the correct decisions concerning long term, he made the right decisions about what God he would serve, about who he would surrender his life to. And because of that decision, where does he end up? He ends up at a great feast in eternity with a man named Abraham. The rich man, what happened to him? He's in dire straits. Why? Because he chose the things of this world over the things of the next world. Same thing's true today. Guys, if you choose the things of this world over the next world, you will pay a price for it. You'll pay a price in the next world. Now, Lazarus made an investment in the things of God. And it paid off for an eternity. The rich man made an investment in this life. And he ended up so desperate. That he said, I just want Lazarus to come down, dip, dip his finger in a cool water, and just get him to touch my tongue with it. Y'all, the, Jesus is very graphic about hell here. And I believe it's because he wants to show us the realness of it it is a place of torment, it is a place of agony, it is a place of desperation and I think what so many of us try to do is we try to marginalize eternity because this life is something that I can touch and feel and see now and so if I marginalize eternity then it sort of gives me a a false sense of security to seek after what I want in this life. If I I live that way It's a price to pay. There's going to be a day when I'm going to be heartbroken. Too many of us lull ourselves to sleep concerning eternity. There's going to be a rude awakening for many people when they begin to understand the choices we make in this life, bring consequences with them in the next. It's so important that we make good decisions. So many times we just sort of ignore the future and just enjoy the present. I'm sure you've heard the story about how to bull a frog to death, y'all heard that one. And, I mean, has anybody ever done that? I have not. So I, this is, I just heard the story, so I don't know if it's true. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll experiment later today. Uh, but supposedly what you do is you get a frog and you can stick it in a, in a pot of warm water, and the frog, because if it's the right temperature, it's not going to jump out of the pan, because it's comfortable, and then you need like to slowly turn up the heat, like one degree at a time. You don't want to shock its system, or it will jump out. And so you get him to acclimate over time as it gets warmer and warmer. He just sort of acclimates to the temperature and he is, apparently the frog's enjoying it. Up until the point where the water is boiling and he doesn't recognize he is being boiled to death. That's terrible, isn't it? But you know what, there are a lot of people who are spiritually being boiled to death because our focus is just simply in this life and what happens is we see stuff changing just sort of like one degree at a time and we acclimate our lives to it to the things of this world and we just sort of are used to what's happening. You know I'm only, I'm, it's really interesting when you take a long look and you see some of the stuff we engage in now and you, look, and you think ten years ago where were we? and I'm like man ten years ago there's no way we would have jumped out of the pot because it would be so shocking but we just sort of acclimated ourselves to the changing of culture and the drift away from God and before long the water is boiling and spiritually we are being boiled to death How, how do we avoid how do we avoid that from happening in our lives how do we keep from being boiled to death spiritually well it's real simple one thing that we do is make a pro and con list What what, what are the pros and the cons about following after Jesus? And then after you make up that list or you think about that, then just very simply make a decision. Make a decision. And then surrender yourself to the leadership of Jesus. Now, Now, why would we want to surrender ourselves to the leadership of Jesus? Here's the key. Because it is only Jesus who can rescue us from sin. That's it. You can't do it. Money can't do it. Only Jesus can rescue us from sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. When we give ourselves to Jesus and follow Him, He covers our lives over with His protective power, so that whenever God looks at us, He no longer sees my junk and the garbage in my life, but instead He just simply sees Jesus who covers me. What kind of decisions are you making? Because the decisions you make will affect your life. It'll affect your destination, it will affect your rewards. And this is the last thing I want you to see. It will also affect your influence in life. The decisions you make. Look with me in verse number 27. It says, "Father, he said, then I beg you to send him." This is the rich man speaking. "Send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so they won't come also to this place of torment." But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, they should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to my brothers, they will repent. But he told him, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. Now I want you to think about this. If you were to die today, what kind of a, what kind of a legacy are you going to leave behind? You know, if you were to die today... What kind of an influence are you going to leave for your kids, for your grandchildren, for your friends? What is going to be the hallmark of your life? And I think there's some of us who are going to say, well, I, this is what I'm going to leave behind. I'm going to leave behind a good work ethic. I'm going to leave behind a lot of money for my kids. I'm going to leave behind a nice house. I'm going to leave behind the fact that I love my family. All those things, those are great things. You know, I, I, I would like to leave those things behind as well. I think those are, those are all good things. And I have nothing against any of them. But when I look at the rich man in our text, my guess is he fulfilled that list that I just mentioned about what kind of legacy he's going to leave behind. Did he leave behind a good work ethic? My guess is he probably did. I mean, My guess is he was probably wealthy as he worked hard. It's a good thing to leave behind. Uh, my, my, my guess is that this is a man who loved his family. If you look in verses twenty-seven and twenty-eight, he's talking to Abraham. He says, Abraham, send somebody. Send Lazarus to warn my brothers, because I don't want them to end up in the same place where I am. This is a man who cared about his family. These are all good things. The problem is that legacy wasn't enough. See, the greatest thing he could have left behind is letting his family see that he was a man who centered his life around the things of God. But when he died, it was too late. You see, once we die, our legacy is set in stone. And so before we die, my question for you is, what kind of choices are you making? What kind of choice are you making about Jesus? Because that's going to be your legacy that lasts. If you want your legacy to make a difference for all time, sign up with Jesus. Because if you don't, it's sad. I read an article a a while ago, talked about a lady back in 1993, there's a lady uh, in Massachusetts that was found, found dead in her home. And that's not all that unusual, except for she'd been dead in her home for four years when they found her. She lived in a neighborhood, this is a sad story, it's an elderly lady, what happened is her neighbors uh, in 1989 hadn't seen her in a while, so they called the police. The police went and looked around her house and they called her brother her brother said, yes, yeah, she's in a nursing home, but she doesn't want to be disturbed. He thought she was. And so they, they took him at his word. They left, and before long, the power company cut off the power. They quit delivering the newspaper. They quit delivering the mail. And the neighbors really didn't give her a thought again. This is a lady that lived neighbor for over 40 years. Everybody knew her, but it sure didn't take people very long to forget her. And I, I, when I read that story, I thought, that is sad. And here's a lady that spent her basically her life in this one neighborhood, and yet when it came down to it, after just a few short weeks, nobody thought much about her. And I thought about myself. I, you know what? I I want to make a difference. I, I want your life and my life. I want, my, I want our lives to matter. So that whenever people look back on who I am and on who, are, who you are and what this church is all about, they will see more about God. And the way we live matters and has made a difference. You see, we have the greatest news to share with people, and that is that there is a God. And there's a God who loves us. There's a God who forgives. There's a God who reconciles. And there's a God who offers hope, not just in this life, but for the future. He offers you an eternity. The question is, what choices are you making about Him? Because the choices you make about Jesus, they will affect your life. And You can try to block it out all you want. Guys, there's coming a day when we're going to see consequences from the choices we make. Now, how do the choices about Jesus we make affect our lives? Well, our destination is affected, our rewards are affected, and finally, our influence is affected. And it's all related to what kind of choice do we make about Jesus. The so amazing, Jesus Messiah.